This is Kyle Brown for the Superintendent Radio Network. Today we've got a guest podcast to share, a segment from the Root Zone podcast by Yap Audio Production, which can also be found for free on iTunes. This interview is from Edition 7, discussing the benefits of healthy soil biology with Dr. Gracie Barrett and Richard Page of Laverstoke Park. The thing about soil that most people don't necessarily think about is that soil is actually, it's an ecosystem in itself. It's actually, it's a living, breathing environment that's full of lots of different animals, lots of diversity. Um, And in order to get healthy plants, um, they have to be anchored in in a healthy soil, a soil that's living, a soil that's cycling nutrients well, um, a soil that has a good balance of different microbial groups. So you've got lots of fungi in there, lots of bacteria, lots of different different groups um, and that means you don't get the dominance of particular groups which just can lead to disease or pathogens um, so unless you really understand what's happening in your soil it's difficult to know exactly what to do in terms of managing so if you've got a particular problem and you want to deal with it um, you really need to understand what's going on in the soil community uh, below the ground if you want to deal with the problem that's happening to the grass or the plant. In terms of making people understand that, I think there probably is a, a stigma nowadays attached by a lot of science that people are of the opinion that they've always got away with not knowing much about it in the past and therefore they see that as an excuse for not considering it in the future. How do you go about tackling that ideology? I think, to be honest, I think often the results that we have by looking directly at the soil microbiology speak to themselves to people. Um, but I think that there'll always be there'll always be certain attitudes with regard to you know if it, if it's if something's working for somebody and they haven't considered the soil microbiology then they're not going to be interested in suddenly looking at it for the sake of it. I think really what, why are why our methods are being taken notice of and why people are becoming more interested in them is because when they consider the soil microbiology they do tend to get a lot a lot better result than if they're not if they're just adding the you know chemical fertilizer they've added the whole time versus um, an area where they've decided not to do that and decided to look more at the microbiology, they can see the difference. Um, so I think the results really speak for themselves. If you speak, speak to greenkeepers who have used a more natural approach, they've looked at the microbiology, they've used specific products to target the problems they're having, you know, increasing their bacterial levels if they were low or increasing the fungal levels if they were low, they can actually see the results. So I think in, with any method of management, if you can see the results and you can see the good things are happening, that really speaks for itself. I mean, that almost justifies what you're doing. From a soil perspective, we, de- we do deal with quite a lot of different types of soil samples. So while, while I'm here, I'm talking about sports turf. But I'm also um, really interested in other problems that are found in soil. Agricultural soils, for example, have their own suite of problems that the farmers need to deal with. Um, and some of those problems are actually you know, quite useful to understand in terms of sports turf. Um, so in agriculture, you have specific problems with uh, depletion of certain nutrients, so phosphorus or nitrogen. So traditionally, agri- uh, farmers have solved this by using fertilisers, nit- heavy, heavily um, loaded nitrogen fertilisers and phos- phosphorus. And I suppose um, greenkeepers have sort of sometimes have the same problem. What they're doing isn't much different from farmers. So they're growing a crop of grass, constantly cutting it and taking away the grass. They don't leave it lying. So basically what you're doing is you have a system whereby you're constantly taking away nutrients. So the plants take up nutrients 
nutrients, they store them in the, the green material. So in the green in the shoots you have phosphorus, you have nitrogen, you have all those nice trace elements that make plants grow. You cut the grass, you remove the grass, they're taken out of the system. Mm-hmm. So you have the same problem as farmers. You have a system where you're taking and you're not actually putting back. And that's something that has always been an issue. And we've addressed this in the past mainly by using chemicals. You put back chemicals, but actually, it's not enough just to put back chemicals. You need to actually, you need to put back structure. The soil has its own ways of cycling nutrients. You know, it has a, it's a, there's a complex microbial diversity that does that for you, that puts things back. Um, so you don't. It's not just a matter of dumping a load of nitrogen on something. You have to make sure that if you do add something to your grass, that you have the structure in place, to, you know, to deal with it. The thing about grass and the reason green keepers and farmers get away with cropping and harvesting is because grass evolved in a system whereby it was constantly being grazed. So if you look at a natural savanna, so grasses naturally occur in, in the wild. You have big areas of prairie land in the US. You have big savannas in Africa. So these are natural grasslands. Um, and they're, they're, they're almost managed by the herbivores that live on them. So the herbivores are constantly grazing. So they're constantly cropping the grass. But what the herbivores do, and the farmers and the gold greenkeepers don't, is the herbivores when they produce manure, everything they've taken from the plant, you know, to a degree, goes back into the ground. So that doesn't happen with uh, agricultural or greenkeeping. And that is the root of the problem of, of all of these systems. You're taking, um, but you're not putting back. So it's how you put those things back. I mean, there's lots of ways to do it. You can throw a load of chemicals on there. But if you think about the way that um, nutrients get back into the soil in nature, if you think about what happens, animals produce manure, that's slowly broken down by microbes. It's released slowly back to the plants. Then you look at a conventional agricultural system where you dump a load of nitrogen fertiliser on. That's not slowly released to the plants. That floods the plants. It's, it's not a natural way of doing it. It's, and it's, you know, if you can find a more natural slow release method of putting back the nutrients you're taking then you're going to get a healthier system you're going to get more robust plants and that's essentially what we're trying to do with the microbiology use the microbiology to put the nutrients back i'm a lot less technical than than dr gracie barrett she is a a mycologist and she's got a phd Um, what i do is I, i try and translate that into language that the everyday person can understand and it all comes down to at the end of the day is do you use your soil that you're trying to grow your grass in as just simply an anchor in which case you apply synthetic fertilizers synthetic fungicides and the like or do you treat it as a viable important ecosystem in its own right and if you work with it it will give you a benefit and that benefit will be a healthier plant but not only will it be a healthier plant it will be a plant that costs you less money to manage the reason for that is that when uh, a protozoa comes along to start eating a, a, and starts eating a bacteria um, it will release a certain amount of nutrient that nutrient is, that is released in the rhizosphere which is that little area around the root and it, it becomes immediately available to the plant it's nutrient that you've put on at some point in the past. It might be natural within the soil, but it's there, but it's not being used. So we treat the soil as a, new, as a natural environment, and then we're trying to wean people off. It's almost like taking a, um, a, an alcoholic and weaning them off the use of alcohol. 
what we're saying is you don't need to use the amount of fungicide and the amount of pesticides and, and synthetic fertilisers if you look after your soil properly. And, it, and looking after your soil is a very cheap and easy thing to do. Is the transformation from a golf green that's been sort of managed in the old school way of, of putting down a lot of chemicals on it, is, is it a difficult transformation from that to a good healthy green? Um, not necessarily. Nobody is saying to golf professionals, sports professionals, grassland managers that they have to stop using synthetic fertilisers or using fungicides, for instance. The idea is to slowly move from one position to the next. And you do that by the use of compost teas, by using natural products. And generally, the soil will slowly turn from one that's wholly dependent on synthetics to one that is stable and able to produce the quality surfaces that sports professionals require.